Hey, everybody. This is Dorothy, your host, and welcome to episode 24 of Death in Cambodia, Life in America. Before we get started in this episode, I did want to mention that this episode will be covering um, some detailed descriptions on sexual assault, sexual abuse, and rape. And um, I do realize that this entire podcast, even though um, I'm presenting kind of a trigger warning to this episode, I do realize that this entire podcast could be very triggering for many people. Um, This is not meant to do anything but tell the truth. Tell the truth of what Robert had witnessed, what had happened, what he saw, what he experienced. Even though it is hard to listen to, I do encourage you guys to listen to this episode specifically. Um, I think it's one of the most important ones because it's, it's one that people don't hear about, that don't talk about very often. Let's dive in. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Death in Cambodia, Life in America. Last episode, we left off with Robert and the group finally figuring out a way to escape and hitting the Thailand border and hitting Thailand. Um, They were captured. They were found by a bunch of Thai people in a small village and uh, were taken to a temple where they were captured by Thai soldiers who had brought them over to some sort of a facility, which was basically like a jail, to lock them up. Because at this point, the Thai soldiers didn't really know who was Khmeri's soldier and who wasn't. And none of the people who escaped, including Robert, had any identification of proof to show that they were just survivors, not necessarily bad people. which they didn't know. So, Ba, welcome hey, back. Hey, good morning, everybody. Mm-hmm. This is another morning Sunday. Another Sunday morning. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, um, Ba, you, you were taken to, to this facility. Um, what exactly did they do? How long did you stay there? And um, what was that whole experience like? After they put us in this facility and they still uh, suspect us that we are a Khmeru soldier because the way we dress black clothes, but that's all we have black clothes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, they know that we're not really threat to them because we have no gun, no nothing, no, weapons. no weapon. And uh, so they just want to really want the answers and we want to make sure that we are not the, uh, the Khmer rules. So 
certificate of specialty, they feed us, give us food. What kind of food? Oh, it's a very simple uh, Thai, you know, rice and water. During the day, uh, was fine. The problem is at night when uh, the soldier got drunk and just pull us out and just kick us like a you know just for fun mm. i mean they they threat they they, they treat us just like not a human i mean not a human being we are the first five people that cross in that spot that border they lock us up for i believe it's three day two or three day mm. i couldn't really remember exact but I believe it's just two or three days. One morning, they put us on the uh, on a truck and send us. It's about maybe half an hour, forty-five minute drive to this place here. Uh, they have a barbed wire. It's about maybe the size 40,000 square foot, you know, space. But it just no. It's nothing. It's just barbed wire. At call uh, uh, Nongchan, Nongchan, uh, Nongchan Cam. Baby, we made it. We made it to Thailand. We've crossed the jungle and we've passed the mines and we've passed all the crazy things that could have ever happened. And we are here. We are in a different country. We are in Thailand. Finally, a safe place. Right? Nongjan Camp. Nongjan Refugee Camp is one of the earliest refugee camps on the Thai-Cambodian border. Now, what you guys are going to hear in this episode is something very, very terrible. Um, things that happened in the beginning of the refugee camps when there was nobody watching, when the Red Cross wasn't there, when nobody from any kind of professional organization was around to really monitor what was happening to these refugees. This was probably another one of the hardest episodes for me personally to listen to. And Robert, as you will hear, was one of the first people to hit this refugee camp. Nongjan Camp was a huge refugee camp that provided lots of humanitarian work and provided lots of food and water and probably held 200, 300,000 refugees that were coming out of the country into Thailand. And towards the beginning of 1980s, 80, 81, the refugees were very, very cared for. And the people who were coming through that camp um, had a very, very different experience from Robert, who was one of the first 20, 30 people in that camp. Prior to all humanitarian help, this place was very, very different. And um, I, I just want to preface this by saying that what you guys will hear throughout this episode is not a reflection on the Thai people themselves, but unfortunately just was the truth, was the truth of what Robert experienced, what he witnessed, and what he saw happen to the refugees, 
especially women refugees in that camp. And there was nobody there. Uh, it was. It was a few. Uh, I think uh, these people, it's Cambodian refugee too. I, I think it's about maybe 30, 40 people in that camp already. Uh, probably crossed the border because Thai and Cambodian border, it's a long. I'm not sure how far, but it's pretty, pretty far. So I believe these people probably crossed, maybe, you know, came in uh, maybe two or three days earlier than me. Mm -hmm. Did you and guys, what was in that camp? I mean, you said it was just basically like a field? Just like a field and with the barbed wire around. There's no the, place to sleep, no place to no, eat no. anything, no cafeteria. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just the barbed wire around that and then you cannot. And then they got a, only one, not door. The like, barbed wire you can pull out so they let the people out, right. let people in. And they have uh, a few soldiers, you know, uh, God, and they do feed us. Thing at that time is a lot of Thai business people uh, just try to convince uh, the people that have daughter, uh, you know, children. They want to just talk to the parent and by the children or talk to the parents say they you know i can take your children and taking care and all of that or i can find a job for them a lot of people a lot of people not quite understand understood at that time that these people were evil they just sell uh, as soon as your children walk out from that barbed wire and you never see that children again because they just lie to you. And uh, you yes, I... Uh, you saw that happen. Oh, because it is the beginning of Cambodian refugee that come to, the, to Thailand. And from the beginning... I didn't know the other camp, but this camp, it's just starting it for, for, for three weeks, three, I think three or four weeks, that period of time. It was brutal. It was terrible because it's no Red Cross, uh, no other agency that know what's going on with Thai people, with Thai soldiers. They, rape and get whatever do they do whatever they want to do it was horrible uh inside the camp inside the, outside the close by the camp i uh, uh uh this family have two daughters but you know they age about the teenager but they, they have no there. food, but you know, you look, they both look like eight, nine years old because, you know, I mean, you know, uh, it's no food and skinny. 
but it doesn't matter as long as you female I think especially should happen at night after like 10 11 o'clock all these soldiers drunk came in and perhaps the girl they brave her in a car just outside the barbed wire five six people and then they took the girl and just disappear and uh, the parent we we just couldn't do anything at that time each we want to i want to help but what can i help i what can i do you just like uh, just so it was horrible horrible uh, uh, thing to to see and you just couldn't do anything the parent was horrified and uh, and try to you know talk to oh help you know can you help us what, what can we what can we do and especially the mom and and the dad it just jump like you know and then they you cannot get out because the uh, they have soldier that got that door there uh, i hope you know if this parent it here this podcast i love to you know if uh, i can to really meet them again if you know uh, it was it was horrifying just with teenager but it looked like eight and nine years old right because yeah. it just malnutrition malnutrition so uh uh it, it happened it happened a lot almost every night for three to four weeks who were the refugee that came in it does you know because after after i move in to that camp every day every day refugee just pour in hundreds of hundreds of people that pour in so uh did you ever see when you started seeing them so you're saying every night they would come and grab the girls did you start were there any parents that tried to hide their daughters when they started hearing about that yes after uh, you know one week i think you know and every people the new people that came in so we warning them so make sure that you um watch your 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 daughter just maybe dress like a boy or whatever and you know uh cut her hair and then it just don't let her out of your sight just you know cover just pretend sometimes you sick you you know all of that uh but i think from the beginning when they came in they already knew they already targeted you know all these soldiers now they know it's a lot of people in the camp so they now they just go ahead and call your name they this and that and try to trick you uh said okay you need to go 
this place, take a shower, and then it disappear. So many girls that disappear from that camp. And uh, I heard later on it end up with the prostitute. They sold this girl. They sold it. I believe it happened a lot, not just in this camp. It happened at the other camp too. But this camp here, because of the, uh, because it's very new, so uh, it's no, like I say, no regulation. No, it's no regulation. No, main thing here is no red cross. I remember you saying, Ba, you 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 escaped with a girl in your group. There were five people. One of them was a girl. Yes, she was sixteen years old. <gasps> yes, and she's she's really beautiful too. Sixteen years old. Uh, I remember very clear when we was got to Thai's village that first morning. I know. A few people want to talk to her and just taking her to, uh, you know, a shower or just try to get away from us. And I told the dad, said, don't let her go with these people because they try it from the, the first day this, as soon as you step into Thailand. So, yes, we saw that she was so lucky. Cover, cover with the clothing or something? Cl- what she, cloth? Cloth, cloth. Cover face. Uh, she covered her face. Cover her face. The clothes she wear, wear like baggy clothes. Baggy clothes. You know, when we live in a camp, just a hut. It's just a. It was a cardboard and a piece of uh, a rug that we make it as a room, you know. And then we told her, you cannot get out from this room. Just cover and stay. And then if you go to bathroom, uh, we, you know, we got her and she, and we carry just like she's sick. Otherwise, if we not be careful, you're gonna be gone. So when when she need to go to uh, to to bathroom, there's no bathroom anyway. We can pee and just on the field anyway. Okay. But we went with her. Mm-hmm. We carry her, cover everything, and just like really sick, sick people. I believe they don't want sick girl. Maybe they have disease or whatever. You know, that's what you really want to show them she just pee next to that you know she sleep right there and pee next to that you know and uh at that camp i mean just right off the uh sleeping place right right next to where she was sleeping yeah and then pee uh, poop or whatever and we willing to just take the poop out you know after that and that's the only way and she was so lucky very lucky uh, then after the Red Cross came in and everything's safe. Everything, it's day and night. 
completely different. But you know, yeah. So she was able to show her face after the Red Cross came. Still, how to be careful? Yeah. Yes, because she's right at that age. Yeah, and then plus now you're talking about I don't know, maybe five, six hundred people. Right. I mean, and now it's just like all over the. You know, they cannot now they have. Children, girl, man. I mean, old people. This is it's just a lot of people. So yeah, yeah. You still have to be careful. You cannot. You 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 just don't want to go out from that camp, from that wire. Well, with the help of all of you, I think. Yeah. Well, you kind of have to help each other. I mean, at that. I mean, what can do, whatever you can think of. Just like you cross the, you know, that border, you just thinking. I was thinking just it is just learn it from the soldier, you know, because why soldier walk apart, like ten meter apart, you know, five meter apart, you know, it's how a reason it because it's a safety. I'm it's, surprised they didn't do anything to her in the jail. That you guys were in, they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything to her, and uh, it was lucky. lucky. It was luck, you know, because they definitely could have. Oh my God! Yes, yeah. See, some that that that's luck. That's luck. Not because you're you're smart or. And she no. wasn't covered up at that time no. in the jail. No, they saw her. No, no, yeah. Do you think these Thai people really wanted to help the refugees? No. For me, the way I, the way no. Not even the government of Thailand. They they don't want to help. I don't think they really. No, definitely no. Because the Red Cross was like American or French or Australian Red Cross. These were different countries, Western countries. Well, now I know, I understand, but I didn't understand where these people are coming from. What is the Red Cross? Right. Yes. Right. But they they did help save a lot of people. Saves a lot of people. As a woman and an, a daughter listening to this episode um i remember feeling just like really cold <laughs> during the recording i remember feeling like like i was there like a movie was playing in front of me when he was describing the girls being taken away witnessing rape witnessing parents witness rape um it's so wild that even when I tried to like Google and research this topic in general information, I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything about what had happened to some of these refugees. And it only made me think about 
all the people who had gotten to these camps just a few months too early and had their children taken away from them, had their girls um had their girls turned into prostitutes and human trafficking and how unfair it really is for some people that you know that these stories are not they're not they're not even found like you can't even find them online and yes of course, these these refugee camps had saved so many people, just as Robert mentioned at the end of this episode. I mean, they really, really were instrumental in saving these people's lives. Um, but how many quiet stories aren't being told? How many quiet memories are being buried in some of these people who had survived or some of these people who... Um, had never had a chance to really share their part of the story, these small silent parts of the story, right? The parts that can't be found. I just find this to be so revealing. I find this to be so incredibly important. 